0: Hi, thanks for joining us to listen to another message from Rumney Chapel in Cardiff, UK. If you'd like to know more about the chapel, then visit us online at rumneychapel.org or look us up on social media. Enjoy the message. Good morning church and I hope you are super stoked for this message this morning as we continue our series five years from now. And this is the fourth and final week of the series. And I just wanted to have a quick recap on the previous three weeks so far before we looked at um, considering what our life should be five years from now. So in week one, um, I spoke about how God desires to sanctify us and transform our lives from the inside out to reflect Jesus. I talked about how this was an ongoing process where we become more and more like him. And then Mike then covered how we must let our behaviour reflect the life transforming salvation that we have been given, that salvation that we received upon accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And then the third week we started to cover um, how we need to continue in this race that we're running. Mike Thomas was speaking about how we must continually strive after a life um, where we are being transformed by God with the realisation that we need to be obedient to God's word. And finally today I pray that as we continue uh, the series that we'll go away and realise that we do need to be obedient to God, God and we need to be obedient to his word and we need to allow God to sanctify us. And I hope that we'll go away today understanding that we need to yield our lives to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. The scripture that we're going to be looking at today primarily is uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. But as we start to explore the text this morning, um, we're going to realize some things. Firstly, is that there is a command in this bit of scripture that is given to us in verse 12. And I'm going to point that out as we read the scripture now. Um, but we're also going to con- continue to explore a little bit. Further, Because in this text, it starts with a therefore at verse 12. And there's also a for in verse 13. And these two words um, are basically sandwiching this command that is in the middle. And I'm going to explore that with you this morning. So let's read from verse 12 to 13. This is chapter 2 of the book of Philippians. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure." So in that, there's a a command that is given to us, and that is to work out your own salvation. That is the command here in this text. And my first thought was this, that that just doesn't make sense, right? Um, Because as I explored the first week, um, as we looked at this series, that. God is the one that sanctifies us. But I hope that as we continue and look and explore this text even deeper, that we'll come to the realization that sanctification, yes, it does come from the Almighty God and that power working through us and in our souls. But it is also us yielding our lives to his transforming power. And the question is, why would you or I want to work out our salvation? And what does that even look like? To truly understand why it is important to yield ourselves to God, we need to dive deeper into this book um, in chapter 2 of Philippians. And the reason being that we need to explore more of the text is because of that, therefore, in verse 9. It basically is indicating to us that something is preceding this command that is given to us. And so I'm going to read verses 9 to 11, uh, which comes just before this command given to us in verse 12. And it says this, therefore, and there's another therefore. So we are going to continually regress this morning, go backwards in the text and find out why. But it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him, him being Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So, before we are commanded to work out our own salvation in verse 12, we have God exalting Jesus. You know, God here, he is bestowing upon Jesus the name that is above every name. But again, to understand why Jesus was actually being exalted by God, we have to jump back a few more verses again as indicated by the therefore. And Jesus, why was he exalted? Well, this is uh, pointed out in verses 6 to 8. It says this, He who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So that there is the reason why Jesus is exalted. God exalts Jesus because Jesus does not count himself with equality with God, but rather empties himself and takes on the form of a servant. Jesus, he humbles himself and becomes obedient to God, even to the point of death on a cross. And the reason I believe that it's relevant to us to understand why Jesus is being exalted here is because we are told to do the same thing. If we go back a little further and read verses 3 to 5, that precedes this. It says this, do nothing, and this is now us being told what to do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility, just as Jesus was humble, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus, he did nothing out of selfish ambition. And you know, the whole idea that he would actually take himself and Um, in in the form of a servant, iterates that point that he counted others more significant than himself. And we are told to be humble. but just like Jesus, Jesus, he also humbled himself. And we are called to be just like this. And the implication here is that since God highly exalted Jesus, as we, uh, we saw in verses 9 to 11, then if we act like Jesus, if we follow what we are being told here in verses three to four, then we too will be exalted and God will highly exalt us. And therefore, we should work out our own salvation. That's the reason why we should be working out our own salvation. And I love this verse in Matthew 23 verse 12. It says this, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. These things are sort of going hand in hand, but ultimately, we, if we are pursuing to be like Jesus as Christ followers, the whole purpose of being a Christian is that we are followers of Christ and trying to be like him and becoming more like him in everyday situations, then we will be exalted. That is the promise that is given to us. Um, and so that really covers the importance of the therefore, that first pillar, of why we should do this command. But we still need to consider the four in verse 13. When I was studying for this sermon, I actually came across um, an analogy which, um, and an illustration which really helped me to understand this passage um, a little bit better. And I'm hoping that will help you to understand it a little bit more as well. So picture this, right? A few years ago, I heard a song on YouTube uh, by Tory Kelly. And it was called Hollow. And as much as I hate to admit it, that's probably the first time in my life where I could outwardly say that I probably had some sort of celebrity crush, right? So there, it's out there. Um, my first celebrity crush was Tori Kelly. And I want you guys to let me know in the comments who your celebrity crush is as well. Because as we go through this illustration, maybe you can picture that person in place of Tori Kelly, who is well, uh, who I'm going to be using in my example here. Anyway, so this is the, I want you to picture this, right? One day my dad, he comes up to me and he tells me this If I go to the concert and I'm dressed properly The star of the concert who in my case is Tori Kelly or your own favorite celebrity, whoever that might be They're gonna take you out for dinner Okay, sounds pretty good. And since this statement is true, right since If I go to this concert dressed properly, I'm going to be taken to dinner by Tori Kelly. Then I should get up, I should go get dressed properly, and I should go to the concert. Since the statement is true, I should therefore go and get dressed and go to the concert. For my dad has already bought the tickets. He said he'd take me there. He said he'd pick me up. And he also bought my suit. So nice one, dad, I really appreciate that. So there's this future motive that I've got, right? This potential future glory, chilling with Tori Kelly. Sounds amazing. Um, And therefore, I should get dressed and I should go. And I should think about the future. I should think about what is ahead of me and get dressed and go. And the reason I should do this is because my dad, well, my dad's made it possible, you know? I didn't have the tickets, I couldn't even get to the concert, I had no way of getting there, but my dad, you know, he's working, he's got the tickets, he got the car sorted out so I can get there and get back. He even uh, got me the suit, Uh, bless him, thank you so much dad. And I can count on his present participation. That's really important, that I can count on his present participation to make that future glory of being with Tori Kelly possible. And so this command that I was set out to, you know, go get dressed properly and go has two supports. It has the promise that if I do something, something amazing will happen. The promise here being that I'm going to be made exalted. I'm going to be made extremely happy because I'm going to get to um, have dinner with Tori Kelly, which would be amazing, right? And so I can get busy. I can get ready for this concert. Because I don't need to worry, as my dad, he already has everything in place for me to go. He is the present power, that other part, that other support. So we have a promise and we have a present power, which is enabling us. It's an enabling factor for this event to take place. You know, when we're reading the scripture here this morning, there's this similar sort of structure that is going on and that we've been looking at. We have this future promise that we read in the text that we will be exalted if we obey things like what is seen saying in uh, verses two to four. If we're willing to humble ourselves, to not do anything for vain glory, but rather become like a servant like Jesus did. And then we will be exalted like Jesus. Therefore, as you have always obeyed, work out your own salvation. And if you're in the boat that is thinking, I can't do this. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to humble myself like that, like the way Jesus did. I'm not going to be able to lay my life down the way that Jesus did. Well, I want you to trust me here when I say crack on with it, because the almighty and powerful God, he is working in you. There's the promise of being exalted, but there is the power that is working within us, the power of the Holy Spirit. Before the initial promise is carried out and we are exalted with Him in eternal glory, God will continue to work in us and enable us to do the will and to work for His good pleasure. You know, we have a power that is offered to us by God in the doing of this command and the promise that is offered to us for after doing this command. So we know that God is going to be with us every step of the way that he's going to be enabling us and empowering us. He's already got it all sorted, but we need to go. We need to be Christ-like and therefore we must obey. We must obey God. We must obey the word and consciously, that's just the decision we have, consciously seek to serve God and to serve others. That ultimately we must yield our lives to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit that is working in us for God's purpose. You know, we need to realize that the power at work in us, it's working through this promise. This promise that of our exaltation It's orientated on the cross, on the cross of Jesus Christ. That power that is at work within us, it's a blood-bought power. It's because Christ died and rose again that we are united to him by the Holy Spirit. And if we are willing to put our trust in him, then we have we know we have this certainty that the Spirit, if we accept it, will dwell in us and help us every step of the way. And if you're willing to be an open space and allow God to work that power through your life, you'll soon see the radical transforming power uh, that we get from knowing Jesus, and you'll understand what the benefits I can bestow on your life, knowing God and allowing that power to work through you. And that is the decision that we have to make to allow ourselves to be transformed radically by the Holy Spirit. And so if you don't know Jesus, I really wanna encourage you to pursue him to find out more about him to get into the bible but even if you do know jesus then there's still progression in our lives that needs to be made because god is still working in us until the day of that initial promise comes to reality and we are exalted in glory to heaven with him to be with him in heaven, that would be amazing, and I can't wait for that day. But there is this other promise that is going on, this power that is working in me consistently as I go throughout my day-to-day life, if I allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work through me. And so as we come to the end of this series, and look at um, five years from now, I want you to go away from this and consider how can your life look radically different, maybe five years from now, maybe five months from now, maybe even five days from now. But you can think about that and you can question yourself and challenge yourself to think what you can do in terms of your own lifestyle that you can change to become more and more like Jesus, to see his glory and his work be carried out on this earth and to see his name lifted high and knowing that we can hold on to that promise that one day we're going to be exalted um, with him in glory and go to heaven and I cannot wait for that day but I'm gonna cherish every day that I have here on earth where I get to honour him and serve him. And I pray that God will continually work through me and shape me and uh, like we were singing last week we are the, uh, the canvas and the clay and he is the potter you know he is the artist and the potter and I love that imagery that God is consistently working through me and making me that masterpiece that he has designed. And we, every single one of us, everyone tuned in today, we are a masterpiece created by God and he wants to continue working on that masterpiece if we allow him to. And I wanna encourage you this morning to find ways to allow yourself that time and that space to spend time with God in the word, in prayer, and to allow the spirit to move through you and work in you and making you more like Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your promises and that we can trust in them every single time because you say your your yes is yes and your no is no. We know we can trust exactly what you say and father god i thank you that one day i know that i'm going to be exalted i'm going to be in heaven in glory with you lord god and i thank you so much for that lord but i just pray as i continue about my life on this earth lord god i pray that you would continually work through me lord that you would uh, take away the things um, I think about that song, refiner, Lord God, like when you're putting it through the fire and it gets refined, Lord, I want to be like that. I want to be refined, Lord Jesus, for you to represent and look more like you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that everyone who is tuning in at home today, Lord God, would want to be more like you. would want to be representatives for you, Lord God, making your name known in this, um, in this place. Because even accolades will fade away someday, just like me. Everything will, but you, Jesus, you are here forever, Lord God. God. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the promise of what is going to happen. And we thank you for the power that you give to us so that we can achieve it through your Holy Spirit, Lord God. So I just pray that our hearts would be that open space for your spirit to move and have its way within us, within our souls, in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.